So I don't have an issue making somebody an offer because I don't have an issue buying offers. So mm. it trips me out when I see people go to events and like when somebody's finna pitch, you'll be in the room with people and somebody's finna sell and they be like, oh man, they always selling. Oh, this person, they always, oh, this gonna be a pitch fest. I love being sold. I love being, when I go to an event, I love seeing the sales process. Like I love it. I'm like, that was good. I love it. I love being, I love seeing the sales process. I love buying. And I don't gotta, it's like, you make me an offer, it makes sense. I mean, I just pay the invoice this morning. Like, it was like, all right, cool. Hmm, this, I, I, I believe in me. I believe in myself. I believe in my ability to extract the value from this. I'm in, right? Me investing into this is infinitely worth, it's worth infinitely more than the money sent to my account. You are listening to the Millionaire Talk Show with Charles Oglesby. We are going to be millionaires. And we're interviewing proven millionaires who've built their wealth in real estate, sales, marketing, branding, and other areas by betting on themselves. And now, here's your host, Charles Oglesby. Millionaire Podcast. My name is Charles Oglesby, also known as Ty Millionaire. Uh, welcome, you guys, to another amazing episode. Welcome, Michelle. How you doing? What's up? Man, the podcast has taken a whole new life since we brought Michelle. I know you guys can feel the energy change. I know you guys can see the different level of production we've been bringing on. So we appreciate you uh, partnering up with us and helping us take this to another level. And just for the listeners who don't know, we're going to be kicking off a podcast tour coming to four cities throughout the country um, over, I want to say, May and June. So look mm-hmm. out for those tickets. They're going to be coming available. They will be reasonably priced. And we're also going to have a match money event following that. So it's going to be an overall millionaire podcast experience. So um, Atlanta is one of the stops. Houston's one of the stops. Miami's one of the stops. We're going to be doing one of them in Los Angeles as well. So get your, get your, get your mind right because we're going to be bringing you guys that value and that heat. Um, per usual. Per when y'all coming to When y'all coming to Atlanta? I want to say it's mid-May. Okay. Yes. Mid-May. Keep me posted. Yeah. Oh, we definitely will. I will, if anything. So we have a special, special guest today. His name is Mark Quell Russell. He is arguably one of the best when it comes to revenue growth for coaches and consultants. He is a multi-millionaire revenue generator, but what I've seen, he's a billion-dollar revenue generator, a best-selling author, a rapid business growth strategist, and a coach who has earned the, the title King of Client Attraction and has been called one of the greatest marketing geniuses of our time. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, man, I'm glad to be here. Thank y'all for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So um, I read the bio, but I'm curious. Can you give us a little bit more information about who you are? Yeah. So um, who am I? So I'm Marquel Russell. I, I'm like, you. I actually, so here's a cool, here's an interesting thing, right? So I always, and sometimes I feel weird and cringe a little bit uh, <laughs> when people read my bio, because the bio, it, it's kind of like Instagram. It only shows like the highlights, right? So it doesn't really talk about like how I dropped out of high school in 10th grade, you know, how I got a ninth grade education, how I had my first son when I was 19 um, while I was locked up. So my son was born while I was locked up when I was 19 and, my, and I turned 19 while I was locked up. It doesn't talk about how well, when I transitioned from the streets, I actually ran through all the money that I had stacked up buying courses and trainings and all that to the point where I couldn't pay the bills, couldn't put it. I got evicted from my apartment, got my car repossessed. All that good stuff, right? So it, it, the bios don't talk about none of that stuff. They only talk about the highlights. So, um, so yeah. So that's um, who I am. Part of who I am. I'm now obviously I'm a um, husband, father, man of God, um, visionary. Um, I'm an entrepreneur supremacist. Like I absolutely love entrepreneurship. 
because I believe that entrepreneurs are the lifeblood of the economy. Um, and I believe that I'm also an alchemist. So um, one of the things I've been blessed to be able to do is take absolutely nothing and turn it into something. And I'm a client success story. Um, I'm obsessed with client success stories. So um, and to date, we've helped our clients do over a billion dollars in revenue, as you, as you alluded to earlier. So, yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm curious because I think that those down points in your story do kind of shape who you are in your up points. Can you kind of expand why some of the things you've gone through have helped you become who you are? For sure. So I think one of the, I think one of the cool things about business, right, the legitimate business, everything that I've gone through in the past, it actually helped me um, develop one of my mentors and friends, Jerry Clark. He has this thing called the skin of a rhino. So it helped me develop the skin of a rhino. So so a lot of times people say, man, you know, what are you afraid of in business and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, afraid. I'm like, business, like legitimate business is sweet. Like if you think about like all the stuff that I came from in my past and the stuff, like the stuff I had to go, I used to have to take penitentiary chances to make money. Like when I used to leave my home every day, um, I, it was funny. I posted on Instagram, Facebook, Instagram a, a couple of weeks ago um, because I was calling to get my background check pulled to get my record expunged. And when I called this number, it popped up because I used to have the warrant. I used to have the sheriff department number. I still do saved in my phone because every day before I left the house, I used to call the warrant number to see if I had a warrant for my arrest. Right. And then that would help me like navigate. So when I left my house every day, part of my pre thing was like, let me call and see if I got a warrant. Right. Because the life I lived, I didn't know if I was going to make it home that day. Right. I went out like robbing people. I was entrepreneurial. But with that, it comes with a lot. So me being able to get through that and survive, it really set me up in a big way to come into this world of business. Because I was telling somebody yesterday is like people talk about like the stats to get to the NBA like how small it is, the percentage of people who play basketball to go to the NBA, the stats that go from the streets, from the world I was living, to get out of that, not dead, not in jail, right? It's still in my right mind, um, relatively. Um, They're even smaller than the stats to get to the NBA. So I think all of that really groomed and molded me to bring me into this world. And this this legitimate business world, especially in this internet space, it's a lot like the street. So it's, it's really fascinating. To kind of see, you know, how everything moves, how everything moves in this world too. Yeah. One of the things that I've that's interesting about you is you still got the gold teeth, you still yeah. uh, got the tattoos, and you haven't changed any of that, even though you're massively, massively successful. Um, how important is that to you to kind of just maintain who you are at your core? So great question, man. So to be, I'm gonna be totally honest with you. When I first came into this world, I thought I didn't know if it was gonna work. Right. Um, Because when I came into this world, like everybody who taught like direct response marketing, everybody who I had studied the personal development world, it was all like older white guys who had like, you know, real estate or investment banking background. So it was educated, all the different types of stuff. And when I came into the world, I'm like, who's going to listen to the young black guy? Y'all thought high school in 10th grade, got tattoos, talk a little fast. Um, It's going to listen to me. Um, But as I the all everything that I saw as a disadvantage, I actually realized that it was a, a massive advantage. And yeah. I used to when I if you see some of my old pictures, you see me speaking on stages and I got like suit, I got a suit on and all this different type of stuff because I thought that's how I had to show up, especially coming from network marketing. That's what I was introduced to first. But once I realized that I can actually be me, I can show up, I can show up at an event with my hoodie on, Air Force Ones, ripped jeans, however I want to show up. 
that I can just be that because people actually want authentic authenticity, you know, more than anything. And I realized, okay, everything that I thought was an advantage is actually a, a weapon that I can actually use for my advantage. Wow. Oh, I'm still just so taken back. I, you know, I did my research. I looked at what you got going on. You know, you're a father. I see you have a son. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a nephew that has a business. Like you have a lot with your family involved. And I love the fact that you've included them so much. So for you, how obviously it's important, but with your son and your nephew and, and developing them into business, what are some of the practices that you have primarily like put into them for them to get to the next level? So great question. So so a couple of things. So I got so I so I have so it's interesting. I actually have so I have four sons, right? Uh, so my and, and they're all across the spectrum. So I have an 18 year old. He actually graduates this year. His prom is on the 30th, which is crazy. Aww. Yeah, because when I was his age, I was had a completely different life. Um, so it's really cool to see. I have a two year old as well, a seven year old, and an eight year old. So, um, so yeah, so one of some of the things that I do, I think the biggest thing for me is like just exposing them to entrepreneurship. Yeah. And then ex- I think that's my job to just expose them. I don't like try to make them go either way. I just expose them to like, this is what it is. Right. Uh, um, so I expose my 18 year old to it over and over and over throughout the years. He's kind of into it a little bit, but not really he's just kind of still finding his own way. Either way is fine. My eight year old, he has a t-shirt brand called young with the genius. Um, and he, eight year old, he's eight. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So he's a young wealthy genius. I love that. He's called young with a genius. So basically I had, I had, I started this youth program a few years ago. It was called breaking the cycles. I just wanted to teach what I was learning to younger people because I wish I had it earlier that turned into young with a genius and it turned into a t-shirt. And then my eight year old, he was trying to come up with a business idea because I do a class every Thursday for youth entrepreneurs here in Atlanta. So he was trying to come up with an idea. He wanted to do T-shirts because everybody was doing T-shirts. So I was like, wait, why don't you take the Young What the Genius? Because I'm not using it anymore. So he just took it and ran with it. So he's doing that. He's in it. And it's more so just letting him do it because he wants to do it, but not because I want him to do it. Because at one point he thought he felt like I wanted him to do it. So he was doing it. And just like when he was playing basketball, I had him work with a trainer. He felt like I wanted him to do basketball. So that's why he was doing it. I was like, I don't want you to do it. I want you to figure out what you want to do. He asked me, like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I want you to figure out what you want to do. And I support you in that. So I think, again, it just goes back to exposure just Mm -hmm. so you can see. You know what I'm saying? Because I think the biggest thing, the biggest game changer for me was just like exposure. So I got exposed to this new stuff. And it was a game changer for me. My seven year old, he um, he he has like he want to be like a chef. So he has like this little cooking thing set up like a food truck thing at the house. So he like does the chef thing takes out orders and stuff like that. Of course, my two-year-old, he's just two-year-old, right? Yeah. So so I think the biggest thing is like exposure, whether that's travel, whether that's this or that. If they decide, you know, to eventually get jobs, hey, whatever, I think you find what you want to do and just do it because you love it. Um, and then if you can make some money out of out of it, that's great as well. But you fit, you understand like what to do with the money and all that. So to answer your question though, just to bring this all full circle is like one of the things that we do every morning is we do um, affirmations. So we do affirmations um, and looking in the mirror because I think the confidence and the identity is like everything. Like you'll never be able to outwork your identity. So that's the, just the identity piece, just doing that um, and just teaching them. And then one of the things that we do um, in the evenings is like reading. So they'll read for me about 10, 15 minutes and I'll read some of them. So it may be something from this book that I have called Secrets Millionaires Teach Their Kids. So we may read one or two pages from that. 
right now we're reading a mama mentality. So I'll read like a page from that. Right. And we'll discuss a nugget from it. So, um, so yeah, just kind of just dripping on them, right. Just dripping on them a little bit. I I got them working. I got them working. Yeah. I got them working with, um, I have a therapist that I work with every week. Um, I also got them working with my seven-year-old, eight-year-old working with him. Not, not from a therapy standpoint necessarily, but more of a emotional and mental wellness standpoint, just letting them learn how to identify their emotions and, you know, navigate their emotions. I think that's something very important. And that's something black men don't get taught. We only get taught, boy, you ain't supposed to be crying. Oh, you crying, boy, you sound like a little girl. Or you ain't supposed to do this. And and we're taught to suppress our emotions until we now with 30, 40, 50, 60 year old men. And then we just explode. Because we've been like bearing this stuff ever. So those are a few things that I, that I do. Um, when I hear you say exposure, I also know the story about how, um, well, I'll phrase it this way. Um, I think that you're exposing them to something, but you're also making sure that they're not exposed to other things. And I know you, you're you so serious about that to the point where you bring the barber into the house. Can you talk yeah. about that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so yeah. So one, so one thing, so one thing is I hate Hey, this may be a strong word, but I'll just go with that. So I hate like waiting. I hate lines. So I don't like going to the barbershop and like sitting there waiting for my turn. Right. Um, so because it's like in the barbershop, cats talk about all types of stuff. Right. Yeah. So if I got my kids and, and a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is like rooted in negativity. What's going on with politics? What's going on with this? You know, what about this? Or it's all this. So you don't really got no control of it. I think it, when you bring it to the house, now you got more control of the environment. Um, and then, of course, the barber I've been work, dealing with, I've been dealing with in 10 years. So my kids know I'm all that. So it's more, it's more of a safe place. And we can actually control it because the only way we got to control what gets in front of us Um or otherwise it's going to get into you. So what are you listening to? What are you seeing? Like all that stuff, you know, gets into us and, and it sticks regardless if we realize, we realize it or not. What are some affirmations that you teach your kids? Um, I'm a king. I'm a God. I'm confident. Um, I'm a great public speaker. Um, I'm an amazing reader. Um God is with me. God is in me. I can do everything but fail. Yeah. So those like are ones. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm, like, I'm ha- this is I'm so handsome, cool. right? I'm handsome. All handsome. that good stuff. I'm, yeah, all that. That's good. I admire um what you said about mental health. I mean, for me, I have I'm a single mom with two boys. And so definitely with the barbershop thing, it irritates me. So now I actually have a barber that just I'll pay the extra. I don't care. They mm-hmm. sit right here in front of me and that's it. Yeah. And also, I never thought about that, you know, having therapy for the boys, for them to understand their feelings better. I never would have thought about that. So mm-hmm. that is a gem right there in itself yeah. for all of the parents that are listening. I think I think mental health in the black community, the stigma behind it is we don't we can fix it ourselves. You know, yeah. like even as a black woman, you, you're strong, like you're the strong one. And it's like, but I don't want to be all that. Like, I want to yeah. live a normal life and I don't want to have to deal with that. So I think that's a gem in itself. But I was looking on your Instagram and I saw a lot of flyers about the young millionaires in training. And I just I'm so intrigued by that. So how did that come about? And that's yours. So, yeah. So basically how it started. This particular program, so a buddy of mine named Gary, Gary Davis, Next Level Boys Academy, he does a program here in Atlanta. Um, and basically, it's a diversion program. So mm-hmm. instead of these young men going to prison, 
they can actually come through the next level boys academy for a year so we got brothers in there who who are facing 40 50 60 years 70 years 80 100 years in prison and we got young but one brother he was facing 363 years or something like that and these are all guys who are like 15 16 17 18 19 right so it's i think we serve we serve people, um, guys, I think from 12 to 23 or something like that. So it's crazy. And these ain't people who like killed nobody or none of that type of stuff. Right. So it, they can come through the program. So basically, one of the days I asked them, I'm like, hey, do you want to do? Because sometimes they have me speak. And I was like, well, are some of the guys interested in business? And he was like, well, some of them are. And I was like, well, what you think about doing like a specific entrepreneurial class um, teaching them this stuff? And he was like, yeah, man, if you want to spearhead it, cool. So I started it Thursday a year ago. And so every Thursday for like two hours, we get in there. Um, we work on, you know, business principles and not just like on some motive, some theoretical motivational type stuff, but like actual application to the point where individuals are actually implementing, starting businesses, they're making more sales and they're they're actually executing this stuff. So um, and like and really not just teaching them like at a. Because some people are like, all right, with our kids, so you got to break it down real simple. It's like, no, nah, kids don't lack capacity. They just lack teachers, right? So it's like they can learn anything. So I teach them just like as if y'all see some of the clips from when, I, when I'm doing the classes. I love that. Yeah. So it's like if y'all see some of the clips when I'm in the class, it's like you may think I'm in the room talking to adults. Like it's some adults in there, like some of the parents. But it's like I'm having a conversation in the room with them just like it was a room full of adults. Some of the analogies I give may be different. So like, for example, if you're talking to kids, obviously you got to know who little baby is and you got to know who Gunna is and young thug. <laughs> you got to know what roadblock is. You got to be able to talk their language, right? So we're at, you got to know what lean and stuff is. It's depending on the crowd you're talking about and gas and you got to know, you got to speak <laughs> the language, right? So I'm having that conversation and I'm um, like this evening, for example, it's Thursday. We're going to talk about the Netflix thing and like what's going on with Netflix and how would the mistake with that and like how they can make take that and make it applicable. Last week, we talked about the Twitter and Elon Musk thing and had a really dope conversation around that. So, again, it's just the exposure. So it's like even if they don't decide to start a business, I think all the mindset and skills and everything that you learn through entrepreneurial training, you can take that and like apply it to any area of your life. Oof. I know you're big on success stories. What are some success stories that you've seen from that program? So one, so one guy is we, um, so Jalen, he actually, he, Jalen is 18 now. He came through the program. He started his clothing brand. I had him come vend at one of our events and he made like three grand in a day. Um, so he started that one. Um, Kamaya is seven. She already had like a coloring book. So she took her business and started going and started implementing some of the stuff. We had a young guy in there who was a barber. He started implementing some of the stuff I shared with him from Instagram on Instagram. He started creating some content um, and then he he got an influx of clients. I saw his dad the other day. He's um he's now in like barber school, you know, um, so he's wrapping up college um, high school this year and he's going full time in the barber school. So. Uh, so, yeah, those are those are a few examples. Right. Side. And we got another young lady in there who's really sharp. Her Instagram is Miss Jai. M-I-S-S-J-I, she she actually teaches, she does art, but from a mental health standpoint, but showing so showing people how to use art, you know, for you know, mental health, even mental health stuff, people don't even realize that they have. Wow. Mm. So I want to take it back. I don't want to skip your story. Um, I know you're doing all these great things now, but I'm curious what the early days of legit business looked like for you. Um, the early days of legit business. Um, 
on the online world or prior to because I did some legit business a little bit before telling <laughs> right. the picture. I'm, I'm just like, once you said, hey, you know what? I'm done with the streets. I'm okay, gotta try it. something different. So a lot of long nights, man. So it was like a lot of long nights. Um, Because when you come into the internet world, man, it's like, it's like being dropped. It's kind of like being <laughs> dropped into like a food court in the mall. And it's like all these different options. Yeah. It's like, all right, let me try a little bit of this. I want to try a little bit of that. Or let me try a little bit of this. Or, let me try a little bit of this. So it's like the internet it pulls you all over the place. And most people on the internet aren't giving you the whole story anyway. They only give you the highlights. So you get sucked into that and then you get sucked in and now you start realizing like what it really is, but they sold you just on the highlights. Mm. So it was a lot of overwhelm, a lot of confusion, a lot of money spent. And I think for me, the big thing is why it took me forever to start implementing because I was under the belief that knowledge equals power. Knowledge is power. That's what we're taught, right? But it took me a while to learn that applied knowledge is actually where the power is, not just in the consumption of knowledge. So one of the things I teach on Thursdays is like, you don't learn anything by sitting here listening to me. You only learn by taking something you hear and then going to implement it. So it's like anybody listens to this podcast or any podcast episode, it's like you don't learn anything by listening to a podcast or reading a book. That's why I hate when people say, oh, this book changed my life. Well, or this podcast changed my life. But that's not 100 percent true. A book can't change your life. Right. Is what you took from the book and implemented that actually changed your life. Yeah. So it's like, I can read a book. Somebody else can. Some people read Thinking Grow Rich and they hate it. Then, you know, some people who are millionaires and billionaires and they like, I read Thinking Grow Rich and it's total, total game changer because what I implemented from the book. Yeah. And then some people just read the book. They can tell you all the principles. They can tell you all the seven habits from Steve Covey, but they've <laughs> never implemented any of them. Right. So, but that was for me. I wasn't implementing anything. So I was all over the place. So I was all over the place buying stuff. I had a stack of notes. But um, it wasn't really getting any results. Um, so, yeah, that was the earlier days. I mean, spending out money, not making any confusion, overwhelmed, weren't really clear. Um, and of course, a lack of a lack of clarity is a, is a very dangerous thing. Very dangerous. So I think that's dope. And that kind of gets into my next question. Like one thing that I noticed about you and just looking at your content and stuff is like you're not here to motivate people. Like that's not your agenda. Like you're more like you got to come to me ready for the fuel. So for you, how is that with that mentality? How has that allowed you to lead people into the winning? Because, you know, motivation is leading. Self-discipline is what gets us to where we got to go. So for you, how have you like poured that into the business the way you have? So I think I think the biggest thing is like, um, like you said, just kind of I think the biggest thing is like people, people are, I believe inherently that people are really, people are intelligent, right? And one thing that I don't like is for people to like insult my intelligence. Um, And it's like, and I don't like insulting other people's intelligence. I believe human beings are intelligent human beings. So people don't really, they want over, they want the real stuff. And I think people are becoming to get into a point where now, okay, they went through the fluff. They did the motivational stuff. They bought into the excitement, the, all the different types of stuff. They're like, okay, I really want step by step. by. Step. I, I actually want results. Some people. And I'm for the, we're for those people who actually want the step by step to actually get it done. If they, they aren't ready to get it done, they want to feel heard, they want to feel good. They just want to be in the room to get all excited and that type of stuff. There's people for that. We're the ones you come to when you're like, okay, I'm ready to get it done. I want step by step by step. And, you know, and that's what we come in. So I think that's what separates us because it's like, OK, we're super practical. Here's how you implement. 
boom, 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 boom. And when you do that, you know, you get this specific result. Does that make sense? No, of course it does. I just, I love that because I just feel for me as well. I, I always say that is like, I'm not here to motivate you. You, yeah. the process is what motivates you seeing yeah. me go through the process. Yeah. So I just, I feel the same way. So I just love that you like the way you're in sales and marketing. So mm-hmm. it's important to understand that you're not going to want to sell every day. I'm sure Charles doesn't want to get up every day and tag all that stuff on Twitter. He doesn't want to do all that. And I don't no. either. You and so, get it done. Exactly. So that is just something I think is just so important for people to understand. Like you're not always going to be motivated. That's not always how this works. You have to have Mm -hmm. that self-discipline, but you also said clarity. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 inside money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. And how is it for you? How did you find that optimal clarity to know, like, I'm going to make sure these people make this amount of money? Like, how did you get into that and get clarity in that way? I think I think it kind of just came from like the reps, right? So I think I think a lot of times people are looking for like the perfect thing at first. But I think I honestly think you got to kind of go through the reps. I, I think yeah. so. I'm going to give you an example. So you ever saw um, like when people it's like an imagery when people are like chipping away at this um, sculpture mm-hmm. and as they chip away from it, you like get this man like this perfect thing. It's like but you don't get through that without like chipping through it. Right. So I think you got to be willing to go through that. Most people aren't willing to go through that. Yep. They're like they're, they just want the perfect thing. They're like, hey, Charles. Hey, Michelle. I just. How do I just get the? It's like, well, no, we can give you the formula. We can give you the play, but you got to like run the play. Right. All right. But if it then what happens if it doesn't work? Do you just quit or do you come back and ask me a question? Let me know it didn't work. So now we can make the adjustments. Most people just quit. They're like, oh, you told me this is going to work. Uh, this stuff must don't work or Forex don't work or trading the, or this doesn't work. It's like, no, it just didn't. It just you didn't just get, it doesn't mean it didn't work. You just didn't get the result. You want it that time. You got a result, not the one you wanted. So let's make an adjustment based on this data we got. Most people aren't willing to go through that. So I think no matter what, you just got to just go through the reps. You got to start the business, start having some conversations, launch the ad, get some data because you always get results. So some people do something. They be like, well, I did this. I didn't get any results. Not making a sale is a result, right? Mm-hmm. Not generating a lead is a result. My light bulb just went off because I was like, wait, that is a result. It Everything negative, is, it's a result. result. It's a, it's, and it's, you know, is it negative? I mean, so it's yeah. like, it's relative, right? It's yeah, like, it's, 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 it's just data. So it's like, it's data. data is like, okay, you got data. So you like, you can, you can put meaning on it if you choose to. Like humans, we're meaning making machines. We make meaning out of everything, right? Mm-hmm. But if I, so if I launch an ad campaign and it doesn't perform the way I want it to perform, all right, cool. It just didn't perform the way I wanted it to perform. Let's make some adjustments and see what happens now. So it's always just testing. So that's my mentality. Let's test this. Let's test yeah. this. Let's see what happens. But I got a result. The result in itself was a success yeah. because I got a result. I got some data. Now I can make decisions out of this. The worst thing to have is no no data. Now you don't have anything to make any decisions based on. You haven't implemented anything. So now you're just sitting there at a standstill. You can't go for You don't know what to do because you ain't did nothing yet. So the best thing you can do is do something fast. That's why I always tell people like the speed of implementation. 
because the faster you implement, the faster you get data, and the faster you know you know what you need to be doing. Does that, does that make sense? That it makes a, a ton of sense. sense. And I like it because a lot of times people come to people for advice and they're looking for like success. Yep. And sometimes it's like, I can't, I can't really give you success, but I can give you maybe some, some things to try. Yep. And they don't want to try. They just want to say, okay, well, I did this. And so I should be, I should be getting the result. Yep. That's why it's really difficult to, to work with some people, but you have found success. And I feel like that's how you can communicate with people is understanding that process and understanding mm-hmm. that like, I'm not telling you the wrong things. We just got to find that way that works for you. And once we find that, then boom, you have yep. to. i give you an example. So Michelle, you said you got two boys, right? How old are your boys? Mm-hmm. Uh, five and 10. Five and 10. So it's th- perfect. Five and 10. I'm going to assume without knowing them, what motivates your five-year-old doesn't, what one would say motivate, what moves your five-year-old probably doesn't move your 10-year-old mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And they probably got different goals, but if they, even if they had the same exact goals, Whatever that is, and you could show them how to accomplish that goal. What will move your 10-year-old to actually do the stuff you gave him? And what will move your five-year-old to do the stuff that you gave him would be totally different, right? But it's a formula and the amount of time it would take the 10-year-old to get to the result and the amount of time it would take the five-year-old would be a little bit different, right? The five-year-old could even get that faster because a lot of times the five-year-old, the younger ones don't really have it, or younger people in general, they don't really have all the extra programming and so stuff. They kind of just like go straight for they it. They can go to it, right? So it, it'd be totally different. So it's like the 10-year-old can't say, well, the formula don't work. It's like, no, nah, the five-year-old, he's just implementing the formula and he ain't really doing all the extra thinking and he ain't doing this and he ain't doing that. He's just going straight <laughs> oh. at the thing. You know what I'm saying? That was he a good analogy. He don't got nothing to lose. Yeah, he don't got nothing to lose. He's five. The 10-year-old, you know, we've got a little bit more stuff. So it's like, we might be like, okay, if I do this, what if I get judged at school? The five-year-old ain't thinking about that because he ain't had that experience. Yeah. Would you say that's the secret to coaching is getting them to stop thinking and just trust your process? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so trust. I and love tr- that and, though, because now and, I'm, I'm ready to trust. And, tr- and trust and trust your and trust them themselves. Like trust yourself, right? I tell people all the time, like entrepreneurship. The core of entrepreneurship is believing that whatever happens, you'll figure it out. No matter what happens, I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's the core of entrepreneurship. Like a lot of times, people have too much emotional turmoil when it comes down to making decisions. Yeah. Like. Just trust yourself, make the decision, whatever happens, trust and believe that you will be okay. Like what's the upside? What's the downside? Can you live with the downside? Okay. Yes. All right. Let's move forward. Yeah. Like let's not, deci- I, I, I read this up. What somebody told me this the other day, like indecision is a prison. Indecision is a prison. It keeps you locked in. Now you don't go for, you don't do nothing. So you're stuck. And then years go by. And now you get the compounded interest of doing nothing hmm. versus the compounded interest of Man. doing something. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like in awe because I'm like, I needed this morning. I woke up not feeling the greatest, like mentally fogged. And I'm like, we have this interview today. I'm ready. And you're just like knocking down that fog. Like, no, girl, like this is what you got to <laughs> uh-huh. do. And I'm like, OK, I'm ready. I'm taking notes and everything. So mm-hmm. um, this leads me to my next question. I'm sorry, Charles, but I have to ask this question. How do you how do you tell your clients or even yourself? with imposter syndrome. I know that's a thing that a lot of entrepreneurs and people that want to put their products out and they want to get to those six figure months or days or whatever. How do we get past that imposter syndrome in your point of view? So, so great question. So my, my, my business partner, Dre posted this other day and we always talk about, we always talk about the real imposters never have imposter syndrome. Ooh. Okay. Like if you look on the internet, right. You know who they are, right. 
They never have imposter syndrome. It's the genius. It's the brilliant genius people who really have the sauce who are having imposter syndrome. But you got the imposters. They're out there taking up market share, misleading people, taking advantage of people just because they got the audacity to go for it. But mm-hmm. the ones who are a genius and amazing and really could be crushing at a really high level or succeeding and thriving at a really high level, they're stuck with this imposter syndrome because they're afraid to allow themselves to shine. Yeah. Right. So a lot of times people think it's about them. So some people say, well, I don't like to sell because of this was like, that's about you. You're not thinking about serving other people. So like I used to have a huge fear of public speaking because I used to, in my head, I'm like, what are people going to be saying? You know, am I this or am I that? It's like, I'm, cause I'm thinking about me. Right. So it's like, I ain't thinking about serving the people. Once I got past thinking about me, and I was only there to serve the people, right? The ones who were meant for me to serve in that particular moment. I put back all the, what are they thinking about me? Are they laughing? What are they thinking in their head? Am I dressed appropriately? Am I this? Are they going to judge me? Are they going to laugh? Are they going to clap? I got past all that because I was only there to be present in that moment just to serve those in the room how I was meant to serve. So I was able to push all that other stuff away. Yeah. Oh, I love that. answer. I've never heard that before ever. But when you think about it, the people that, you know, get canceled, the real ones that get canceled, because Charles, I know how you feel about canceling people, but the real people that are actually out here, like hurting people, um, they don't ever, they just be out here spit firing like constantly. So I, I totally see that now. So mm-hmm. that's some, some great clarity on there. Mm-hmm. So in terms of imposter syndrome, I think that sometimes people put like a mental block when it comes to earning money as well. Um, Have you experienced that? And how do you help people get over that hump? For sure. So especially how we teach, because we we typically teach people how to like take whatever they used to make in a year or what they desire to make in a year. We show them how to make that in a month. Right. Or a week. Some people. So I think the biggest thing is like really like diving deep into like how people understand money and people's past relationships with money and what they learned about money growing up. Right. So a lot of times we talk like money doesn't grow on trees. Money is limited. People don't just have money. You know, people this, people that. It's hard to make money. You got to work hard, cold, hard cash. I can't get pick people hard on money. All these different types of stuff, like all these limited beliefs around money. So I think it's about addressing those things, figuring out where they actually came from. And most of the stuff we know about money, understand about money, is stuff we learned before we were seven, right? So now we just take that and perpetuate it like over and over and over again. Now we bring it into adults. And we still got those limiting beliefs. And, it's, and then especially if you grew up like in a church background, now you got like, you know, money is the root of all evil and Jesus was poor. And it's easier for a rich man to get into an eye of a needle and then get whatever, a camel. Y'all know if y'all heard this stuff before. <laughs> yeah. So all this different type of stuff, right? So it's like you're dealing with all that. But on the other hand, you so now you're like, well, maybe I should just do it for free. <laughs> because you know and mm-hmm. uh, maybe, I, maybe i should do it for free or let me just start a non-profit it's like all, it's typically always the people who don't have money who want to start a non-profit right and it's typically and, and this ain't no shade to the non-profit people so don't take this that way right but what i'm saying is a lot of times people default to a non-profit because they don't want to ask they don't want to feel like they're asking people for money yeah. right and a lot of times people have an issue with sales because when they were growing up they were told not to ask people for money especially not strangers so now you're an adult and you're afraid to make a sale because you're afraid to ask people for money. Because when you were a child, you were told not to ask people for money, specifically strangers. Right. But people got to understand that selling is actually serve serving people. Right. If you don't sell people something, you can't serve them. 
think about everything that we have. Like somebody had to sell us the stuff that we have and that stuff has served us. What if nobody didn't sell us that? We wouldn't be able to solve that particular problem. So the way you solve people's problem is by selling them something. Because if you just give it away for free, we all know people don't value stuff that you give away for free. Nope. So you can't serve people until you actually solve them. Some, solve some. And if you have something amazing that actually helps people, you actually have the obligation to do everything in your power to serve them. And when you become great at marketing, right? Marketing makes selling unnecessary anyway. So it kind of takes care of mm-hmm. itself. And then understand with the money piece, the more money you have, the more change you can create, the more initiatives, the more charities, the more exposure you can create, the more you get to enjoy your life. All the money just gives you more options. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Perfect. He just, gotta, I think he just healed everyone's inner child. <laughs> <It was laughs> we definitely got to talk about marketing because you're a marketing mm-hmm. genius, marketing Thank guru. You. Thank you. Um, how did you um, kind of get to that space? And I mean, what are some tips for people who are looking to be successful at marketing? So I think the biggest thing people got to do when it comes to the market stuff is like figure out who is my ideal client? Who is my dream client, right? What problem do they have? Who is my dream client and what problem do they have? Like, how do they describe the problem? A lot of times people are trying to sell people what they think that what they think people need instead of selling people what they want in their words. Right. So you got to be able to describe your ideal client pains, challenges, dreams and aspirations better than they can, because when you can describe somebody's problem better than they can, they automatically know you have the solution. Mm. Right. So it's like I think you got to really get very intimate and understand your ideal client. What language? Do they, so I ask people. So, I, so some people may say, well, I help people take their business to the next level. Well, what does that mean? That can mean anything. Like if you ask people what is going to the next level mean, that means different things for everybody, right? Does that mean making their first dollar? That's the next level for the business owner who ain't never made no money. Mm-hmm. The people who made a, make $100 a month, is that making $1,000 a month? Um, is that people who are making 100000 going to a million? Like, what does that look like, right? And I always say, ask yourself, what are your your ideal client when they're stand, when they're up at night tossing and turning can't go to sleep? What's on their mind? What's keeping them awake at night when they're out drinking with their friends? What are they complaining about? What are they talking about when they explain their problems I, in their exact words? So I always typically say write down your top ten dreams and aspirations of your ideal client, and then write down your top ten pains and frustrations of your ideal client in vivid detail. Not like they just want to make more money, like how much more money? How much money they want to make specifically? Why? Not just for financial freedom. What does financial freedom look like? What time do they wake up? What do they like to be? Blah, blah, blah. Do they have kids? Do they have spouses? Are they looking to do this? Like, what exactly is it? So I think that's the biggest thing when it comes down to the marketing. Because a lot of people want to just jump to ads. They're just like, hey, well, just teach me ads. And what's the best targeting strategy? It's like, but they ain't did none of that stuff. It's like, if you don't do none of that, you just wasting money with ads. Yeah. That's who are we targeting to. Yeah. Bingo. Um. Wow. A lot of people, the reason why they don't do that is because they think that they're going to be niching themselves so deep that they won't have any customers. Yeah. Um, but I think that it's, it's interesting because I'm trying to understand the psychology behind it, but it makes sense. I just don't understand why it makes sense that if you niche, you still kind of grow. Yeah, because when you niche, you specialize, right? So you can say, I help entrepreneurs super broad. Right. So, okay, you have all entrepreneurs. Now you're a generalist, Right. So, but now you're like, okay, I help insurance agents. It's a lot more niche. Now you can create specific messaging 
that speaks specifically to insurance agents. Now, if I'm, a, if I'm an insurance agent and I see a coach or a consultant who helps all entrepreneurs and I see one who helps specifically insurance agents, who you think I'm going to choose? The person who helps insurance agents because they get me. And people want to work with people who get them and who understand them and who see them, right? And I'd be willing to pay that insurance agent person more money because they specialize. That's it. The that's more a, money. That's yeah, a so. huge thing. No, really big thing. Cause that's what I went through with one of my businesses, Prima Business Agency. I wanted to help people with business development, high performing entrepreneurs. And I was like, but they don't really need that. They need help with time management and productivity. They mm-hmm. need, they need to understand how to be able to manage their time so they can manage millions. And so mm-hmm. that's where I re-niched myself down. And you're absolutely correct. You know, at first I was scared because I was like, oh my gosh, no one's going to want to work with me. But then it's like, but that's not even their problem. They've already established the business. The foundation is there. Now it's how can I focus on the core or how am I able to delegate? A lot of people don't understand that. Like you, like your, your basis of everything is systems. Everything that's requires a system to scale. And so operating in that mindset of having a business concept or whatever that looks like and not actually attaching systems to it is what stops us from being able to scale. So niching down is 100%. You're hit the nail on the head. Like, I love that so much. It's it's cliche, but like they say, the riches are in the niches, right? The more you niche down, the better. You can make more money. You can work less. You can serve more people at a high level. It's like, why not? I was trying to grasp it and understand how it made sense. You could still hit high numbers, but it's like, okay, if you niche, you become a specialist. Specialists can charge more. Yep. Then the light bulb went off. It's like, that's it. Yep. And do you really, based on your goals, think about it. If somebody has said their goal, so let's say they only want to make, let's say they want to make a million dollars a year, for example. And they say, okay, well, if you want to make a million dollars a year um, and you got a $10,000 offer, you only got to sell a hundred of them. Right. <laughs> so just like, see, you like, when you think about it like that and you think about how many people are in the world, like, it, there's people everywhere. I mean, I have clients in Nigeria, Australia. I have them everywhere. And when you think exactly. about your reach with the internet, like, because I also do cleaning industry coaching. I have, I have a cleaning business. So I have clients like opening cleaning companies like in other continents. And it's just, mm-hmm. to me, it's just like the, the need is there. They need somebody there. So when you find that one thing, you have to drive it and you got to just keep pushing for it. Because when I started three years ago, I was like, who cares about me teaching them how to mop floors? Yeah. A lot of people care lot of about people. learning how to mop floors. Yeah. So, and so for you, like uh, I look at your page and I get inspired because it's, there's a lot of authenticity. There's a lot of you just being who you are and just showing your family, showing you, you kind of like, kind of like Ellie Charles. Remember you said she kind of creates content within her lifestyle. So like as she lives, she's creating content and it just comes out that way. So for you, you know, marketing content, they go hand in hand. How important is it for you to get that content? Do you do it daily? What does that look like for you? So, yeah. So I think, so I always teach it from this standpoint. I say, so like creating content online. So first, first of all, the internet thrives off of content. So you got to feed the beast, right? And <laughs> if you're running ads and doing marketing, your, your content makes your ads more profitable because when people see your ads for the first time, the first thing they're going to do is like look you up on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, mm-hmm. whatever their favorite platform. And they want to see your content. So now they're going to binge watch your content and now they get to know you uh, and like you a lot more or not like you. But either way, your content does a lot of heavy lifting for you. So I think you you tied into your day to day and you say, OK, I'm going to create one, at least one piece of content every day because it now it becomes your TV show. And people are like, oh, I'm going to do it every day. And I think I say, OK, think about it. When Oprah was on TV, how often did she come on? 
They're like, she came on every day. I was like, exactly. So why wouldn't this is your social media, your email list is basically your TV show. So you want to make sure you're coming on every day. So that way you stay top of mind. Yeah, it's important. And I did that with my TikToks and my reels. And you look back and you just have reels for days, TikToks yeah. for days. Like, man, I got so many of these things just because I committed to doing one a day. That's it. I never always do that one a day. 100%. I do that rinse and repeat, too. I will go back and use content from six months ago and be like, ain't nobody yeah. seen this. Ain't nobody like, seen it. Use this. Yep. Like, 100%. You have a rule of one, which includes the one post a day. Can you talk about that a little bit? For sure. So the rule of one, basically, I call it the fastest path to a million. So the rule of one is basically you pick one, you want one target audience. Like who is the person you can serve and you actually enjoy working with them? And you pick the one problem you solve. What's the one problem you solve for this particular person? And then you pick, you create, create one signature offer. A lot of times people think they got to have all these different offers. And I know on the internet, people tell you got to have this sale, you got to have upsell, you got to have downsell, you got to have this. And like, no, nah, you just have one premium price offer where you charge $3,000 to $10,000 or more where you can look people in their eyes and say, okay, this is the thing that's going to help you get results. You sell them that premium price offer. So one signature offer. Then you create one marketing funnel, real simple. Then you create, get one ad strategy with one traffic strategy. I recommend a paid one so you can get unlimited leads. I'm a big proponent of content as well, but I want, uh, I ideally recommend you have one paid strategy in the mix so you can actually help get, you can kind of scale that. You can't really scale content, so to speak. So one ad strategy, one traffic strategy, so to speak. I mean, one traffic strategy, create one piece of content. You're going to be building an email list. So you want to send out one email a day. You give yourself, you have um, one conversion method. So that's whether you, you do enrollment over the phone, you do it on webinars, you do it at events, or on a sales page or however you do it. And then you give yourself one year and then that leads to one million. And it's, you give yourself one year not to add stuff. You give yourself one year to like start removing stuff and refining and pruning to make it even more simple. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that leads to one million. That's dope. That's cool. That's a gem. I just wrote down that time. We're going to cut Good. that and skip it. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, my issue is um, creating a premium offer for my space because my space is investment related. And I don't want to teeter on the edge of giving financial advice. I'm struggling with that. Can you help me out there? So I think, I think you, so, all right, so cool. So you don't give up finance investment advice. So what would you say that you do? It'll be education. Yeah. So it's, so it's more, is it investment education or what? Investment education. Stock. Yeah. So I, so I think the biggest thing is you position it as investment education. And then number one, you always preface it in your materials and your agreements. All that good stuff is that obviously this isn't investment um, advice. Right. This right. is education, what we're doing. Um, and how other individuals are applying the same exact strategies. Like, right. And I think you deserve a premium price because you're helping them imagine. So they get to pay you a premium price, right? Or they can take that same money and go out and trip, trip themselves up, spend it all over the place, trying to learn, getting all this other advice from all over the place, never getting the results. Or they can just pay you to have one streamlined system to actually get them the results faster. Right, right, right. I love that, that you just touched on that, because I've been pressuring Charles to do a premium product for forever. I'm like, where's your high ticket? We need a high ticket. 100%. Um, yeah, definitely. I love high ticket um, items. Now, the, there is a, I feel like there is a negative connotation on high ticket items in the past in the past couple of months. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter complaining about getting chargebacks and they're getting like five, ten thousand dollar chargebacks. Because a lot of the people that are on the internet today that are doing the coaching, but they're on the motivational side, 
push the high ticket products, get all high ticket, high ticket, high ticket. And people that are not maybe not be qualified to be charging five to ten thousand are are. And then, you know, they're they're seeing that that struggle down the end when you don't deliver and people are charging back. So anybody what have I'm sure you. I'm not sure, but how do you handle chargebacks or things like of that nature? It's a great question. We actually don't get chargebacks. I was um, going to say, I don't think you probably do. Yeah, we don't get chargebacks. Very, like, yeah, legit. the biggest thing, the biggest reason a lot of these people, so like if you're going to charge high ticket or if you're going to charge anything, your service has to be impeccable. Like a lot, people don't really talk about fulfillment, right? So one of the things we talk about is fulfillment. People don't realize that delivery and fulfillment are marketing mechanisms. Most people, they just do marketing and they do sales. And once they sell somebody something, they give them a login or they put them in a Facebook group. And it's like, hey, this is what you get. They don't think, okay, how do we blow these people away? How do we make this, make them feel like this? Because first thing, when people buy something, they want to have like buyer's remorse. How do you get in front of that and make sure that you let them know that this was a great investment? And not only you tell them that, but you actually show them by actually serving them. And they're like, okay, this is amazing, right? Most people aren't doing that because they number one, they just like, all right, marketing sales, marketing sales, marketing sales. But then I think about the fulfillment and the delivery. Again, marketing and fulfillment are, are marketing, well, I'm going to say delivery and fulfillment are marketing mechanisms because guess what happens? When you serve people, what are they automatically going to do? They're going to go out and start telling other people about you as well. So now they become your marketing team because you served them. Most people aren't doing that. That's a big reason they're getting chargebacks. They're not telling that side of the story, but they're typically getting a lot of these chargebacks because they're not taking care of people. You're selling people stuff to make a sale and you're not really, you're selling people something. You're, you're, um, so some people say, you know, you heard the whole cliche over promise under, I mean, what is it? Mm -hmm. Under promise, over deliver. No, over promise, over deliver. Right. You don't got to under promise, over promise, over deliver, really right. serve people. Don't worry about so like people be so quick. They want to make a whole bunch of sales and they want to flash how much they made online instead of like serving these people and helping these people get results. And then let those people go talk about you. You got to talk about yourself. But like that ain't really sexy, though. Right. You don't see a whole lot of people online talking about how do you wow your clients? But that's really what you want to do. And if you look at the top businesses in the world, they figure that out. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. So no, another fair. strategy that you said that can help you get people to buy from you is buying from other people. Yeah. Can you expand on that thought? Absolutely. So I always tell people I'm an empowered seller because I'm an empowered buyer, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't have an issue making somebody an offer because I don't have an issue buying offers. So mm-hmm. it trips me out when I see people go to events and like when somebody's from the pitch, you've been in the room with people and somebody from the sale and they be like, oh man, they always selling. Oh, this person, they always, oh, this is going to be a pitch fest. I love being sold. I love being, when I go to an event, I love seeing the sales process. Like I love it. I'm like, that was good. I love it. I love being, I love seeing the sales process. I love buying. And I don't gotta, it's like, you make me an offer. It makes sense. I mean, I just, Pay the invoice this morning. 
Like it was like, all right, cool. Hmm, let's, I, I, I believe in me. I believe in myself. I believe in my ability to extract the value from this. I'm in, right? Me investing into this is infinitely worth. It's worth infinitely more than the money sent to my account anyway. And I can't. You can't get a higher return on any other vehicle than an investment into yourself. So I'm always trying to figure out, okay, how do I make another investment to myself to continue to get a high multiple versus the money just sitting or just sitting and getting, you know, six, seven percent or whatever over a year. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But it's like, how can I get a higher yield on this money as well? So I'm always like, all right, cool. Hmm, that makes sense. All right, I'm in. Now, because of the money, because of the, the mirror effect, you're going to attract who you are. So we have people that come to us and like, I want to attract more people who are ready to buy now, who um, they don't got to pray about it. They don't got to think about it. They, they're just ready to go. And I'm like, all right, cool. We can help you with that. And they're like, okay, cool. How can you help? And then we make them an offer. And then they're like, well, I got to pray about it. I got to think about it. Let me get back to you. It's like how you're showing up. You are attracting people based on how you show up. So if you're somebody who joined programs and you don't commit to your payment plans, um, if you if you always got to jump, you jump through hoops. If you're always trying to find a cheaper route, if you're always trying to talk people down, you always this, you're all, like you're going to attract those type of people. I want to attract people who pay on time, pay in full. They take action. They're decisive. They actually care about people's results. So I make sure I'm showing up like that so I can attract the energy that I'm putting out. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that was another gem. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's I think awesome. what's, what's interesting is it's like you go through that process. If you're a buyer, you understand what buyers are looking for. And so then you can mm-hmm. kind of tailor your message to hit those points. So that's one thing. And it's mm-hmm. funny because as I'm reading and learning more about this space, I'm starting to see like different things other people have implemented in different conferences I've gone to. It's like, okay, that was that. That was mm-hmm. this. And you can start to see there is a process for this. It's not just somebody up there who's just doing something. He's, he's practiced, he's refined, he's been educated in the space. Um, you said that you see your influence, whether you get the credit or not. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So, uh, so, it's an int- so, so we're in an interesting space, right? So we, it's a lot of times, and I kind of hear a lot of conversations and so forth, but in some people, they know who we've helped and they know the level of impact we've had in the space, but they won't come do business with us just because they don't want to have to say, all right, well, they helped me. Right. They don't want they don't want to say that. And that's cool. I get it. So a lot of times they'll go find somebody less who, who are inferior to what we provide. Or they may say, well, I want to just have the white guys help me do it, because a lot of times our people still believe some of them still believe that the white man's ice is colder. So it was like, okay, I want to do this because I can say I'm in that particular program, knowing that this was more superior, right? So, and I get it. I see it. I see it happening. I see how people are showing up. I see how people are sharing certain stuff. I kind of see what we're doing. And a lot of people just try to model our stuff um, and start implementing. So I kind of see it um, just based on sitting back, reviewing certain things. And then, um, and like I said, we work, we work with a lot of people who work like some of the big, you know, big names or whatever online, showing them how to do their thing. And of course, they're learning the exact formula. Then they're going out and implementing it. But people are seeing them doing their thing and then trying to model their stuff and without just paying them to learn it. And then just kind of becomes, you know, a ripple effect. But it's cool. I, you know, it's cool. I like I like to see it either way. And then just to be able to sit back and be like, OK, you know, we did that first. So and I because I see a lot of stuff that we implement, even with our clients. I see a lot of a lot of people implementing that as well, um, and which is great. I mean, if you focus on serving the clients, I mean, great. If it, if it helps, I'm with it. Before Michelle goes, I got one question, and the question is: We 2020 was a great year. 2021 was a great year, but we're seeing 
things kind of slow down for some people. Um, what's your advice for people who might be in that in that situation? I would say look back at 2020 and 2021 and look at what worked really well for you and then double down. Because like the world is opening back up now. Uh, more money is in circulation and it's only going to get better. So I think I say double down, simplify, put on the blinders, like kill all the FOMO, like all these different new stuff coming to the space. Um, I'm like, focus in, get you something that you're going to focus in on, go hard on that for the next five years and be okay with not jumping on every new, people be chipping on me. Hey man, you don't got a portfolio, a crypto portfolio. Hey man, you ain't doing this. Hey man, you ain't doing this. I'm like, no, I'm only focused on what I know best. And then when the time is right, I'll get into this other stuff. I love that. Sorry, Charles. I know that I just be spit firing because I just I just be like, oh, my gosh. Um, but I have a technical question. So you're into Facebook ads and stuff. And I, I always watch trends because I just like to know what to talk about. I like to, to be on top of everything. So there's like a battle on Twitter right now between Facebook ads and TikTok ads. You know, a lot of people are getting really upset with the way Facebook is changing Instagram, the way it's changing the platform, the way it's the algorithms. So for, for you, you know, um, how do you, how are you approaching these changes and if, are they affecting you and are you going to start doing TikTok ads and kind of going to Twitter or are you going to stay where you're currently at? So, so great question. So I think a lot of times when people start getting freaked out, it's just simply because they just don't know what they're doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, just to be real. Cause like everybody was freaked out about the iOS 14 update. Yeah. All right. Well, Facebook told you what to do. It's like, you do this, you do this, you do this, you're fine. But so people were so freaked out that they didn't just do the steps that Facebook asked them to do. Now, is the tracking still a little wonky? Yes, but it's always been wonky, right? It's never, Facebook tracking has never been perfect, right? But it, but however, there's ways around that. So I think that you do both, depending at what scale you are. If you're not, if you're only spending, you know, a couple hundred bucks a day on ads, you just pick one platform and double down. You, you don't need to take three or four hundred, two or $300 a day and then spread that across multiple mediums because you ain't spending enough to get any real traction. So you take that. Now, if you're at the point where you're spending three, four, five thousand $5,000 a day, you want to differentiate a little bit, then cool. But if you're only spending a little bit, and a lot of times the people who are yelling the most um, are the people who are spending the less and they're, having, they're the least impacted, right? <laughs> but it's the people who are like <laughs> spending, who's really spending, they're like, all right, cool. We just make the adjustments. You know what I'm saying? But I think you, if you add enough scale, then you start tapping into multiple. So to answer your question, it's like, yes, we're on TikTok. Uh, we're on LinkedIn with ads, uh, YouTube, Google, 100%. We haven't started rolling out in Twitter ads just yet, um, but but those are coming for sure. I love that clarity. Thank you for that. Speaking of ads, and I know we're getting close to time. What, um, what makes for a good ad? Mm, good one. So I think the biggest thing is like, um, so it's, it's, it's three things you want to have. I call it the three C's. So you want to have the, you want to have the creative, you want to have the copy, and then you want to have the conversion process on point. Right. So the creative is like, what stops the scroll? Is it an image? Or is it a video? What is it? You want to have that to stop the scroll. It's typically going to be the stuff that's the most native. That's going to work the best. So a lot of times people try to go get like super polished up videos, super polished up images, that type of stuff. What we found is that stuff typically doesn't convert the best. It's the stuff that's the most native to the platform, meaning the stuff that's more likely to be seen because people don't come on Facebook to buy stuff. They come on to look at photos, watch videos. So it's like the selfie style stuff, the random stuff, the stuff that converts best. So you want to have a 
uh, a creative that actually stops the scroll. And then some kind of your copy is the text. So a lot of people go like, attention, business owners who want to blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, nah, people aren't on Facebook. It looks like an ad. You want to have just like conversational copy that brings them to a specific call to action. And then your conversion process, once they click that link, where do they go, right? Are they going to an opt-in? To opt-in? Are they going to a page to opt-in for something? They schedule a call or whatever. Are they going to buy something? And it's important to know your numbers, how that works out. Because a lot of times people say, well, ads don't work anymore. You know, and I'm like, what are you selling? And they're like, well, I'm selling this course. And I'm like, well, how much is the course? And they're like, well, it's $27. And I'm like, all right, cool. What if they after they buy the $27 thing, what do they buy after that? And typically they're like, well, nothing. And I'm like, well, it's gonna be tough to get profitable selling like a $27 thing with ads, especially as cost goes up and you don't have anything else to sell them. So I often tell people, it's like, okay, if you're selling something for $27, what if you just scratch that? And then you just created something that you sell for $2,700 or $3,000 or $27,000 or whatever. So now you can actually put yourself in the position to profit the fastest. So you got to have the creative, the um, the copy, and then the conversion process after they click the ad. I like that. I'm sorry. I was writing. I like this. Oh, is he frozen? Am I froze? Oh, you were. You're not no more. You're here okay, now. Cool. Okay, cool. The three oh, Cs. Wow. Okay. Last question before we head into the wrap or head in last question for me before we head into Michelle's maybe last question and we head into the wrap is I saw you mention that taking days off multiplies your income. And when you work on the job, it's kind of contrary to that. When you work a job, it's like, if I'm not working, I'm not eating, I'm not making no money. But you said the opposite is true. And I was intrigued by salt when I saw it. Can you uh, expand on that for the listeners? Yeah. So I said, when you're, when your free time multiplies, your income multiplies. So a few years ago, uh, probably about five years ago, I told my business partner, Dre, and I was like, hey, bro, this year I'm going to work less and make more money. So I took off Fridays. So I said, I'm only going to work Monday through Thursday. We want make, not because we was making a whole lot more money. I was like, I'm going to just test this out. I'm going to go Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll be off. That multiplied our income. Then every, single, every year after that, we've doubled and doubled and doubled because a lot of people don't understand the power of unplugging. It's not the easiest thing to do, especially if you like love what you do, but it's like, it's so worth it. So it's like, when you come back, now you're super refreshed. You haven't been on all that. But I know in the hustle culture, people will make you believe that you got to always be on. You got to always be hustling. You got to always be doing this. You sleep when you're dead, all this different type of stuff. But growing a profitable business should be boring. You shouldn't have to always be on. You, should, you could be able to pull away. I used to be the guy, remember when Empire first came on and people was like watching Empire, everybody was talking about it. I used to be the guy online like, oh, y'all online watching Empire. You should be focused on building your own empire. Or y'all watching people play the sp- sports games. You should be focused on winning a championship for your family. I used to be like that guy. coming. I kind of came from the network marketing world. So it was like hustle, 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 hustle. But then I realized that building a business should give you the freedom. So you can go watch the game if you want to, or go to the game or watch your favorite shows, all that, because you got a business, meaning a system that's running for you, regardless if you work or not. Right. So. So, yes, yeah, so I'm a huge advocate of that, of having that free time and also implement what we call thinking time, where you cut off everything mm-hmm. and you have these thinking time prompts um, where you like you sit down with some thinking time, cut off everything and you just write based on the thinking time prompt um, that you that you sat down with. So that's the high level CEO stuff. Um, and you don't get there by always being on. Always being on is like hustle entrepreneur mindset. 
But if you want to shift to high level, seven figure, eight figure plus CEO, it's about pulling away, having the free time to allow yourself. Because think about it. Most people tell you that a lot of people say that I have some of y'all, y'all probably can agree as well. And some of the listeners, like some of your best ideas and some of your best clarity comes with, with like when you're in the shower sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. Why? Because you ain't doing nothing. You ain't looking at your phone. You ain't looking at no TV. It's just you. And now you're like, wow. I, I mean, this is the answer I've been trying to bang away to get. And it just hit me right here. Or you were when you were driving and you didn't have the radio on or yeah. something like that. That's when it, or you in the gym and you just like, boom, there it is. But you had to pull away from it to actually get the clarity. <laughs> I just I have like, I literally have three pages of notes and I just feel like in like the next couple of weeks we should just bring him back because I have so much more I want to talk about. Let's do it. I'm with it. Because it's Let's just you it. have so much to go into. I mean, from the fact of it's like don't operate your don't operate your business, operate it like a corporation. Like there's so many different gems that we can touch on and just expanding the mind. Because for me, you know, I'm come May, I'm hitting five years of full time entrepreneurship, you know, right. no job, no working for nobody. So now I'm like, I got to be a mature Michelle now. I got to start making other types of decisions, big girl decisions, not just we, we got a business. No, like I don't want to have a business. I want to step away from it and I want to do my own thing. So. I don't have any more questions, but I just wanted to say that this was such an impactful interview because I not only was able to get so much insight, but I you just definitely calmed a lot of the anxiety I was feeling this morning because I feel like no matter how seasoned you are in entrepreneurship, no matter how many mentors and amazing people you surround yourself with, as an entrepreneur, it beats you up sometimes. And I'm in the service-based industry as well with my cleaning business. So mm-hmm. I go through it, not having employees, finding the right team, going through a lot of different things. So Thank you so much because I'm ready to like, after this interview, I'm about to go make my mail guys. And you can thank Mark Mark well for that one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For anyone listening to this, he really broke it down. We broke it down from creating your offer to running ads to um, all of that. Just marketing in general. We we touched on a lot of points here. You could definitely start your business and run your business just from the conversation we had today. But I got a few wrap questions. The first one is what's your favorite business or investing book? Favorite business or investing book? I would say my favorite business book um, is two. I'll, I'll say one since you asked me one is um, The Road Less Stupid by Keith Cunningham. Oh. Say that one again. The Road Less Stupid. Okay. And I definitely bought that Secrets Millionaires Teach Their Kids as we were talking. I didn't yeah. want to forget that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Definitely need that. Um, what sets apart successful marketers from those who give up, fail, or never get started? Um, what separates the ones who are successful are the ones who are willing to test. Like it's another book called The Practicing Mind. Mm. The Practicing Mind talks about doing everything as if you're practicing. Don't focus on perfection or getting things done. Just do everything as if you're practicing. Because when you're practicing, you're just working on getting better, right? You're not working on perfecting mm-hmm. it. So practicing. So so the best marketers test everything. They like they don't want to defend. They like, oh, what works best? It's like no, you test it. That's the only way you know if it's going to work. What, what does wealth mean to you? Um, options. <laughs> oh, man. <Yeah>, freedom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I asked you so many questions and man. I feel right, like Charles. I, yeah, uh, I feel I'm like, should I have gone back and not asked that? Like I said, we, our people are going to get with your people and we're going to just run this. Back <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. We yeah. can do it. Let's, let's definitely set it up again. ASAP. I like people who think different and mm-hmm. he definitely thinks different. You scroll his Instagram. It's just different thoughts, different ways of uh, perceiving the world. And I knew we had to have him on the show because we had Sheldon the Box Truck 
Sheldon, the box truck coach on here. And he was just raving about like they they started working with you and their business took off. And you can see it. You can literally see the results. At a conversation with Kiba, I think she's or Kiba Richardson. I think she's worked with you too. Yeah, um, I yeah, think she's uh, working with us now. That's that's just keep keep them working with us for a while. Kiba's amazing. Marcus Rosier. It's like yeah. all the people that you see that are doing things. It's like they all have a connection to you. It's yeah. like you're Marcus working with us. Really nice. That's family. Kiba, Marcus, Shannon, and uh, I mean Sheldon and um, Tammy. Yep. Yeah, they're all family for sure. Michelle yeah. Welch will be next because that's, listen, that's doing, <laughs> what are that's we doing? doing? And do his team is really solid too. I had a call with one of his team members. He was just spitting fire. So I got to circle back and I got to get locked in. Cause hey, let's do it. Let's do folks. it. Let's, let's do it. it. Um, last question is where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they support what you have going on? For sure. So yeah. So whatever your favorite social media platform, I'm there. Um, if you hit me on Instagram, join our face Instagram community. I don't like to say follow me on Instagram because I don't, I'm not into developing followers. Uh, we want to develop leaders. So join our Instagram community. Uh, followers, Marquel Russell, M-A-R-Q-U-E-L, R-U-S-S-E-L-L. Come over, click the blue follow button, send me a DM and say, hey, I was on the show um, with, with Ty and Michelle, and I got a special gift for you um, by reaching out to me. If you're on Facebook and you're like, I ain't on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, same rules apply. Hit me up on Facebook. And also, if you want to get more leads and clients for your business, if you go to paidadplaybook.com, that's paid ad playbook.com it'll show you it'll give you my entire playbook shows you how to get 50 to 100 leads every single day that actually convert into clients and you get it for free and you get a bonus video of course um that helps you know um implement the whole strategy into your business so so shout out to everybody watching on youtube i, I dropped that link inside the youtube um shout out to new skills new you inside of the chat terry the notary public always in the chat and how we learn and grow daily welcome to the millionaire podcast youtube channel uh, Michelle, what do you got going on? What do you want to promote? What do you want to tell the people about? Um, I am actually about to push out um, my productivity subscription today. I'm going to drop it. It's going to be an accountability group for my entrepreneurs. We're going to do a weekly meetup. It's going to be access to me, access to all of the amazing things I've created that I've been scared to put out, but I don't care no more because y'all going to get all this value. So <laughs> be on the lookout for those of you who don't follow me quite yet. I am Michelle Welch. Guys, I'm telling you, when it comes to time management and productivity, there is nobody touching me. I will teach you how to manage your minutes so you can manage millions. And that's how it's going to go. So that's what we're doing today. And that's what I'm promoting. I love it. I love it. And we'll have all the links to everybody's products and services in the show notes. For another episode of Millionaire, Park, uh, Millionaire Talk Show Podcast, we are out. Yes, what's going on? This is Donald The Voice, the official podcast producer of the Millionaire Talk Show featuring Charles Oglesby and Michelle Welch. Listen, if you are a listener to the pod, I want to make sure I take care of you with any of your voice over a podcast needs. So head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com, hit that contact tab, and let's talk. Make sure you mention that you're a listener of the Millionaire Talk Show with Charles Oglesby and Michelle Welch. And I'll take care of you, hook you up Because uh, after all, we appreciate your attention and your time And your continued support So, hope you had a phenomenal time listening to the show Tap it with me And we'll see you here next time on the Millionaire Talk Show